is one of my closest friends, Sebastian Coelho, graduated from the Australian Catholic University with a Bachelor of Science in Exercise and Sports Science, a Functional Patterns Human Biomechanics Specialist Level 2, who has been helping people improve their physique, biomechanics, body aches and pains for, I think, over five years in Sydney now. So welcome back to the show, Sebastian. Thanks, mate. Good to be here. Sweet. So this time, I'm going to do something a little bit different. As you will have noticed when you click this podcast, it's a lot shorter than usual. I want to try and cover topics separately in separate podcasts so people don't have to kind of commit to one hour or whatever it is. So we're going to try and do this in around 30, 35 minutes. The problems with orthotics and some good alternatives uh, and maybe we'll also go into how to recover from them and transition out of them because that'll also be an issue for many people. So maybe just start off with with, I mean, a brief description of what they are and um, the main biomechanical issues that it's going to cause for people's feet and the rest of their body. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, typically, well, orthotics are the, um, well, they're appliances that are, I guess, uh, you could say prescribed or uh, given to people with um, underlying um, gait issues. And um, I say gait because originally, I believe a lot of people, uh, they have a perception that they get orthotics because uh, maybe their foot is shaped um, a certain way. And that's typically how some people get it, you know, whether they have a really high arch or a really low arch or they overpronate or they oversupinate or, you know, there's a, there's a whole lot of issues that come around that. But um, primarily, I, I think a lot of people... Um, when they have, you know, an issue with their gait cycle, um, which is, you know, walking, running, um, for those who don't know what gait is, the underlying structure, which is your feet, right, the, the most fundamental and, and um, it's your stable base, right, of, of your entire body, um, usually starts to change. Um, and it has, it's pretty much influenced by, you know, so many different things from your uh footwear so your shoe the, the type of shoes that you wear um even to you know what practices um you had when you were younger you know in your formative years of movement and biomechanics so whether you you know were active or inactive it all kind of shapes um the way your foot uh looks and i guess um what, what to, to kind of expand from here um a lot of people are prescribed orthotics and the thing about orthotics is that a lot of people don't understand that it is not a kind of long-term solution for their issues. And um, sometimes people get off um, prescribed orthotics from, uh, you know, specific foot pain and, um, or they have specific, um, or you could say other, other pains around uh, that kind of connected the whole link of the body. And essentially what, um, what orthotics are is a short-term solution to um, more uh, deeper issues that are going on with their biomechanics, essentially, if that mm -hmm. kind of uh, makes sense. Yeah, like, I mean, early on when people get them, like you mentioned, they, they think that or they're told that or it's kind of implied that it's a part of their body that is 
wrong and it's that it's they kind of imply that it's permanent or that it's part of who you are as if it's going to be there forever they kind of imply it that way where it's like there are probably one percent of cases where someone actually has a morphological like deformity in their feet you know or like literally the bones are not in a line they're not symmetrical left foot right foot in a in a, in a way so significant that that it requires extra support but 99.9 exactly. of cases it's not, when it's not the case. A, when you're born with a like literal bone malformation right that's i think that's what you're referring to yeah 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 so essentially um no as you just said like it's it's pretty rare that people need it and i guess we'll expand it in a in a second as to why but um i think when people when people get prescribed things like orthotics or let's let's just um let's use other examples for a second so you know for example you go into um a chiro or a kinesiologist or a physio or whatever and they say hey look your posture's um really bad um we can offer a couple solutions for example let's just say you have a scoliosis or um you have an extreme kyphosis and they prescribe you a um a posture strap or i don't know if you've seen them before that um have you seen them before you know the, the um, that, you know they I have seen your shoulders back i have seen the one for the kyphosis you should just quickly just explain to people what scoliosis and, and kyphosis is yeah yeah so a, a kyphosis is more of a rounding like a forward flexion of the spine so think about your shoulders kind of rolling forward and your ten your head tends to come forward as well it's like being slouched exactly pretty pretty much like a slouch posture scoliosis would be more uh, of an s in the spine so sometimes someone has like a one high, one shoulder higher than the other or one mm. hip higher than the other and um usually sometimes people use these posture braces to um basically correct their posture but um and basically pull their joints or their muscles into positions that they're not in um in order to get you know in you know in insane loose terms perfect posture uh, but what they're actually doing is kind of forcing something that doesn't want to be forced, right? You can't just like force a piece of wood to bend when it's completely straight. You know, there's so many different structures that come along with that. And you can kind of think about orthotics in the same way in the sense of, you know, with good intentions, you know, someone has flat feet. Okay, let's support the flat feet so they don't roll in so much. How about we create an artificial arch, you know, and the problems with that is it's not just the foot that is um, implicated in this. You know, it's the way that your foot lands on the ground influences the rest of the way your body influence, um, experiences uh, force on the ground. So let's just say you were to um, punch the ground really hard with your fist. Okay, sure, you may feel your fist, but you're going to feel kind of like a shock wave through the rest of your arm right so you kind of got to think of uh walking and running in that sense where every time every time you take a step on the ground um uh, sure your foot makes contact with the ground first but the force is distributed into the rest of the body so there are implications with just forcing someone into a certain pattern that could have pretty long-term consequences yeah i mean it's like that and also it's important to realize the size so our feet are relatively you know a smaller part of the body yeah. Um, and so, just a millimeter uh, in 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 movement or or change in the angle, slight differences in angle and the for the landing of the feet, it's it's going to have a massive effect up the kinetic chain. Like it, it could be very small change at the at the foot, but have a have a large effect 
the higher up you go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think, I think with to, to kind of, to kind of break this down a little bit for people, um, I think a lot of people kind of still view, uh, the body in quite segmented parts. So, you know, the foot is a foot and we've, we've got specialists for certain areas of the body. Um, you know, we've got specialists for the knees, for the hips, for the spine, but very rarely do we have people that kind of understand how the parts work together and, what you'll typically see with a lot of people that kind of focus on the feet is that they can get really good results in terms of changing the way the sh- the feet look by let's just say giving um, giving them orthotics. But what they're not taking into consideration is maybe the pain that they originally had in their ankle or their feet or their knee has now gone up the chain into their hips, right? Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, okay, why is that happening? And that it's happening because things like um, things like uh, your balance, things like your coordination, they all depend on what exactly happens when you hit the ground. You know, so let's just say, for example, your foot rolls in. You've, as I said before, with the different examples of like why you get orthotics, like whether your foot's pronated or supinated, um, these all kind of influence essentially like. Basically, you got you kind of got to think of it as this is like your center of gravity. This is your center of balance. If you, sh- as you just said there, if you shift it just a little bit, right, you could experience pain in a completely different way. So just by imagine, imagine forcing something so far into the other extreme that you know who knows what other consequences it could have, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think one way people can imagine it um, right now, if they're listening and, and they're not fully understanding, if they haven't actually worn orthotics. Like, because I, I wore, when I was younger, the arch support one. So for listeners, you can imagine, like, there's a, you know, smooth, big bump underneath both of your arches. So your feet are kind of tipping, rotating outwards. Imagine walking like that, you know, kilometers and kilometers after kilometers, when they're supposed to be just like our default as a human being should be that you could be working pain-free barefoot you know so it's not solving the the root the 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 problem you should the result should be that you actually are able to do what a human should be able to do whereas the orthotics are just helping you get by in the short term yeah exactly and what you just said there is man it's it's the experience of so many different people when they get orthotics because um, let's just say you walk long distances for work, you're on your feet all day and you've had one gait pattern for 15 years of your life. Then you get this thing that you put into your shoe, orthotics, changes your gait pattern entirely. And now you're walking 10 kilometers in an entirely new biomechanical pattern. Your body's going to have to make adjustments along the way, you know, and mm-hmm. those adjustments may not be good, you know, because you could start off with maybe feeling some, pain relief from the initial change. You know, you change the angle at which your forces, the, your foot is like hitting the ground and absorbing the force and cool. Now you're kind of experiencing less pain or, or discomfort, but hopefully, and this is unfortunately what a lot of people experience. Hopefully it doesn't end up compensating in other areas. And that's mm. where a lot of people start to maybe use the orthotics less you know they start to leave it out of their shoe they go okay i only use orthotics for this activity because if i wear it for too long it 
really hurts. Um, and I think a lot of people don't understand the implications of that in terms of why it's actually hurting. And um, I guess we'll, I guess we can, we can expand in a second about what to do about that. But if people were to, um, I guess, make a decision on orthotics, I would ask why you're using the orthotics in the first place and is it correctable naturally, right? Can you actually work on those biomechanical issues that you had in the first place as to why you got the orthotics um, holistically or at least temporarily using both, right? So orthotics and, but also doing things on the side that you can do to enhance your um, foot strength or your foot position um, or, you know, adjust it in the way that you need. Yeah, I um, wrote two things down here. Um, first thing is that the orthotics, another thing to point out is that it, it reeks of the same problem we see in many other elements of um, orthodox medicine uh, where you are treating something in isolation rather than holistically and you're using like, uh, you know, f using gadgetry instead of enhancing the actual human being like in, in the same way people do for surgery. Yeah. And then the other thing is that, you know, you said it would be, I think you said like it'd be impossible or I don't know if you said impossible or hard to not, like if, you, if someone has these orthotics, it's like I would say, I would challenge any podiatrist to refute this, that it's impossible for it to not have a negative effect up the chain because like the body's the feet are expecting the body upper chain your knee hips higher are expecting the ball of the foot to sorry the you know the ball of the foot to hit the ground or whatever the way it is the heel and the ball to hit the ground and do it in a certain way and you're preventing it from happening in that certain natural way so there's going to be a reaction up the chain right it's impossible for that not to happen yeah well you uh, let's use an extreme example for a second um we'll use you know women wearing heels as an example mm. um you know women wear heels they go to work they are walking all day for example in heels i mean any <laughs> any any woman can tell you how painful it is at the end of the day to take them mm. off right i mean i've had my girlfriend my mother everyone complaining about the end of the day of work just taking off the heels is a huge kind of pain at the start and then a, a massive relief and mm. that just comes to show it's not just the foot um, because they also experience things like lower back pain, upper mm. trunk pain. So it's not just the foot that it, it is a relief from. It is the the biomechanical changes and the, the changes in the angles of the joints that are above, you know, because you got to kind of think about the body in um, kind of like a Jenga puzzle, a little bit more stable than <laughs> planks of wood, right? But um, you kind of got to think of it as in you've got to be stable from the base, and then as it moves up, there's got to be an equilibrium and balance or else things are going to topple. Things are going to start to fall apart. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, it, it'd be a blanket statement to say everyone will experience uh, pain because at the end of the day, people are going to experience different, I guess, types of pain. But also don't, don't think that maybe that initial pain relief is just going to stay this stay like that forever, right? You've got to kind of pay attention to how your body reacts over time because we've all taken, you know, someone can take the same medicine and have the same reaction initially, but later on down the track, they may have a different reaction, you know? So you never know yeah. the, the yeah. way that works. But um, what were you saying? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, now we could probably go into the, the sort of alternative slash 
uh, solving it unless you have anything else to, to add but like it would be I guess for the person who is using them and wants to transition out of them and for the person who has just been offered them uh, and is thinking of not using them probably the majority of listeners will be people who have got them and, and want to transition out but let's maybe map out a, a path to to transition out of them yeah, so I think the first the first step, I mean, this is everyone, everyone with all my clients, we all go through a different process, but there's a general kind of approach you can take with this. And at the start, you want to identify, okay, why, first of all, why do I need the orthotics? That's an, that's an important question to ask, okay? So why do I need the orthotics? Okay, am I experiencing pain? Is it because the podiatrist told me to, or is it, have I been recommended by someone else to take it? Um, and are there reasons, do they, do their reasons correlate with what I'm experiencing as, as a matter of fact, right? So if, if they're going, okay, well, this is really bad, but you kind of don't feel any pain from them, but you've been told, let's just say your flat feet are, are really bad and they are going to impact you in your life, blah, blah, blah. And you kind of go, oh, okay, well, I'm not really feeling any pain from it. Um, maybe I just use the orthotics and it'll kind of fix my flat feet, Right. So you kind of got to ask, do you actually experience that type of pain? Do you actually need that kind of therapy at the start? Or can you change that uh, naturally, right? That's that's kind of the first question. Once you have identified that you, um, let's just go with those who uh, do experience pain. So the first thing I would say is you've got to align yourself with nature as much as possible. And as you know, for some people that, that just sounds super like hippie dippy, um, or woo woo, but it it basically what it means is okay. Your feet are, you could say, conductors of the earth. They they are meant to be flat on the ground without um, artificial, um, you could say, anything artificially kind of stopping that connection. So having your feet flat on the ground is super important. Number one. Okay, so we evolved to do that. We evolved to be barefoot. We evolved to walk and run barefoot. It was only, you know, we, we have obviously examples of tribes and um, and there, there is history of, of the use of shoes. But let's be honest, that was more for soul protection than it was actually altering. You know, there weren't any artificial heels or anything stopping you from supinating or pronating. It was basically just a flat surface, right? Like made of leather. Um, so what you've got to do first is just start to walk barefoot as often as you can, whether it's around the house, outside in the parks, um, just kind of like getting used to feeling your feet barefoot, essentially. And if you can practice some activities that you do physically, whether it's just, um, you know, where you play football, whether you just, um, uh, even just literally throwing a frisbee around at the, at the park or whatever, see if you can do, see if you can start to change a lot of your activities that you do barefoot, uh, where it's safe, obviously, uh, that would kind of be the, the first approach. And then progressing from that, you want to start addressing, um, the foot's relationship with the rest of the body. So this is where things like foot strengthening exercises and um, leg strengthening exercises, but in an integrative way where we're just trying to get the optimal position for your feet, okay? So which is creating a significant um, or sufficient arch engagement with calf engagement with, um, or I guess you could say the rest of the, uh, superficial backline engagement. So all that means is basically 
the powerhouse of your movement being the back line of your body. So your hamstring, your calves, your glutes, all integrated together in exercises. Is that kind of making sense? Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah, cool. So that, that would kind of be the the next approach uh, past walking barefoot. So just just starting to get um, just starting to learn what it's like to actually incorporate the feet in leg exercises. Because a lot of people, even in conventional training and traditional training, go into the gym, they do a lot of squats, a lot of uh, deadlifts, a lot of these um, high force movements, but they do them with um, really thick soled shoes and super, you know, cushioned shoes. And the problem with that is even in those instances where, you know, they're holding high amounts of force, um, but within the shoe, there's a lot of movement going on. So what you think you're doing by, you know, let's just say squatting, what you think by you're doing by squatting and, and producing so much force through the legs, you're actually kind of changing the way the force is distributed into your legs by just by adding the shoes, right? So if you want to just start with like body weight exercises of the exercises you already do in the gym, just practicing what it's like to do barefoot, that would be, um, you're definitely going to get some advantage from that. So that would kind of be the um, initial, I don't, I'm not sure we can maybe expand on that a little bit later, but um, that's uh, that will kind of be the best approach for now. And for anyone yeah. who doesn't really exercise, uh, there are specific exercises you can do that just require a little bit of balance, a little bit of coordination, and it's literally just practicing holding weight on one leg at a time. You know, so mm. when it's just lifting the other foot off the ground and seeing if you can balance, see how good your ability to balance is just for, you know, a minute, two minutes, see how long you can hold it without your other foot touching the ground. That would be a little test for you to see um, I guess the fascial fitness or the uh, the tissue fitness in your arches and the rest of your feet. And you can kind of already start to pay attention to where your foot wants to be. You know, does your in, does the inside of your foot want to collapse and touch the ground? Does the weight want to be on the outside of the foot? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I wrote four things down during that. So the first one was, yeah, like you mentioned with the grounding feet on the ground, dirt, beach you know more of that is yeah you're going to get reduced inflammation that that's kind of a key word there that for some people because everyone's pain is coming from different things or slightly different things there might be overlap but for some people it's just inflammation and so the barefoot on the ground the electron benefit there that's that'll that'll solve someone's issue probably then there's the the fact that like if it's sand especially sand's great um, you'll actually work on a whole lot of the small muscles in your in your feet um, because obviously every time you step, it pushes down and so you have to hold on to the sand and it, it's hard work. Then there's the, there's the, what have I written down here? Balance boards. Like you mentioned just one foot, one-legged balancing. But even if you if you add chuck in a balance board or a, or a BOSU ball, again, you're just going to strengthen those small muscles uh, in the foot and ankle which for some people, it's just a matter of strengthening parts that are weak. In the more difficult cases, there's things you have to stretch and some things that you have to strengthen. That's more complicated. But for some people, strengthening alone, like you've alluded to, is um, going to be enough. And the other thing, when you mentioned the gym goers or those lifting in gyms, that the problem there is, and I probably should have mentioned this right at the beginning, is that it's not just orthotics that are the problem. You know, maybe we do need another episode because just regular shoes 
have degenerated so far in the last, I don't know, 15 years, 20 years, probably longer, 25, that you don't need orthotics. You, even shoes without orthotics have massive arches on them, and uh, that's almost as bad, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's actually a really good point that you – I think you brought that back up that we kind of mentioned at the start. I mean, we could make bloody 10 episodes on – on this, on issue foot, yeah. it, just goes, it just goes so deep. But for people to for people to kind of um, understand um, what you just said there about um, the little the little muscles in the feet and the toes and all that. I mean, you p- people have to understand that the hands are the hands and the feet are very connected in the in the sense of um, their movements. Right, you kind of want your feet to act like hands their ability to grip their ability to change your your ability to change the angle at which you put your hand on the on the ground you know you, you you've got that fine motor skill but also that ability to produce power that's kind of what you want in your feet because that is functional feet the, the foot's ability and the toes ability to all work uh, together but also in an isolated fashion that's when you know your feet are strong and they're actually connected so anyone listening to this, what you can do straight away, a little exercise you can do is take your shoes off and I want you just to stand shoulder width apart, looking down at your feet, okay? Then all I want you to do is think about elevating your toes while keeping the rest of your foot on the ground. And I want you to see if you can, if you have the ability to keep your big toes up while pressing the other four toes into the ground. Just that alone, you are kind of highlighting your ability to isolate certain movements in your feet that are so integral for things like balance and coordination. Like if we were to go deeper into this topic about, um, you know, the role of the big toe and all that in in terms of gait, uh, we can go on that in the future. But just that exercise alone might, might give you some insight into how connected your toes and your feet are to your mind so your ability to actually just do that on command because some people it takes them a little bit of a a little bit of time to actually even get to that point where they can isolate their big toes it's almost like their mind is disconnected from their feet and that was alluding to what you just said about um grounding as another exercise for them to you know lower inflammation and kind of get a bit more of a connection to their feet so yeah um, that'd be an awesome exercise for someone just to try alone Hundred percent. I've I used to do one before I knew about functional patterns, which was you'd have a, a pencil on the ground and try and and just pick it up and drop it with your you know roll it under your yeah. under your toes, pick yeah. it up and drop it, and so that's to work on the the arch. So in the case of someone who has a supposed flat foot or you know weak arch, that would help. But for someone who has the opposite problem that is already flipping you know rotating outwards, then that would make it worse, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it could just honestly reinforce the patterns that they're already really good at. So it probably wouldn't mm. even make it better at all. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so yeah it was actually like recommended to me by a physio. With like a really high arch. Is that what you mean? Mm. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, like if someone's problem is too strong of an arch or too high of an arch, yeah. like the opposite yeah. of me personally, then yeah. if they did that exercise, it would make it worse. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think you just saying that might. Um, I think include a little bit 
more of others into the conversation because we did talk about flat feet at the start, but let's talk about now just, of course, with the use of orthotics, because it's very individual specific, um, mm. some, some people might have very rare, I guess, conditions. And look, for those people listening, who if, if you do have super rare conditions in your feet, um, most of the solutions to getting stronger feet, most of the solutions to getting rid of pain actually come from pretty repeatable um, practices in all people. You know, anyone can do them. And this mm-hmm. is because we're all, we're all humans first and we've all got feet. I mean, unless you've obviously had, a, had an accident or something's happened to your foot where you can no longer use it or have it, like totally understand. But, um, you know, if you do have two functioning feet, you just experience, um, I guess, pro- chronic pain from um, overuse of a certain poor biomechanical pattern or maybe you've had an, an injury in the past where your ligaments are super weak or your tendons are really weak. The solution's actually the same and it's to strengthen your feet and it is to connect it with the rest of the leg and the body, okay? So mm-hmm. this is where I guess the walking is going to come in. So it's not just about the foot strengthening exercises where you're creating, I guess, you're strengthening your weak points. If you have a really high arch, you know, sometimes uh, it can have a correlation to super tight uh, or loose Achilles tendons, right? So rather than the Achilles tendon, so the back of the calf taking the load, the arch is taking the load with that. Um, so you do want a balance and that's, that's the key about all this. You do want a balanced foot and you want a strong foot. So just by walking around barefoot, you will start to balance that out and going deeper into, obviously, if you do want to become uh, a better runner, if you do want to become a better mover, that's where it gets a little bit more complicated. But for anyone wearing orthotics right now, I would just suggest, um, spending a lot of time or even, okay, if you're wearing orthotics now and you're wearing it for eight hours a day, you should be wearing it. You should not be wearing it for at least eight hours and you should be walking around for at least an hour barefoot because Mm. unless you want to strengthen your foot, unless you want to reverse those patterns, the orthotics aren't going to do it for you. They're a Band-Aid solution and they're not going to get you stronger. They're just going to change the way your foot experiences are forced from the ground. That's it. Yeah. I would add two general tips. One of them's FP, one of them's not. The FP one is like myofascial release because I know when I transitioned out of out of orthotics that doing the IT bands for me and the, I don't know what it's called, the side of the lower leg as well um, yep. with, a, with a PVC pipe was, yep. you know, or, or even a foam roller if you're just getting started, was a game changer because yep. for, for whatever reason, the tension was built up there. And the other thing is, I don't know if you've tried them out. Oh, you've tried, I think you've tried Vibram, but I, I have these things, I'm actually wearing them now, called Correct Toes, and it's made from, like, surgical-grade silicon, and it, it like, you have to look at it online to know what I'm talking about, really, but it, you slip them on your toes and it spreads them out just slightly, just slightly, not too much yeah. that it's stressing the bones. And that, that will, that I think will help a lot of people with the transition, even if you just wear them as part of that barefoot time, because it's kind of going a step further rather than just being barefoot. It's actually stretching your toes out to where they would have naturally been. Like if you look at the feet of a baby, it's completely different. And then we, we squish them in our shoes. And by the time you're, you know, whatever age, 
yep. the, 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 the overall shape has become very squished at the toe end, which is unnatural. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. Um, that's a very good point that you brought up just then, because, I mean, one of the one of the topics for anyone listening that we can that we will delve into the future relating to how you kind of integrate it into the rest of the body. One of the, one of the things you just said about um, the appearance of the feet is huge, and something that people have to realize is a lot of the issues we have nowadays with the feet um, are obviously super modern, right? And there's a common term that goes around called European feet, and that just refers to um, – I don't know if you've heard it before. No. <laughs> well, it refers to basically, basically, I guess, modern Europeans or um, – it refers to the Europeans, I guess, in around the late 1900s who never – who were more like living in the city and who never really experienced like barefoot life, I guess. And obviously, this also refer to – or Europeans, but we're talking about, yeah. I guess, the the cultures, the, the, the difference in cultures and attitudes towards, um, you know, things like walking around barefoot. I mean, in Australia, obviously, we've got the, like, the surf culture and we've got a lot of outdoors culture. So a lot of people are more likely to be barefoot and comfortable being barefoot. But, you know, in cities like Madrid, where it's just like concrete jungle a lot of the time, people more, are less likely to uh, be barefoot and more likely to wear shoes. And the, and the type of shoes now are getting better in terms of allowing for toe space. But essentially what it is, is the upper, the, the knuckles of the toes. So I would say the lower lower knuckles near the metatarsals, they're, um, they're, they become quite compressed. So rather than the toes splaying out, which is what you're using, right? The correct toes. Mm. Yeah, rather than the toes splaying out, the knuckles and the toes start to come together, right? And this is this is that that term, the European toes, was just was back in the day. But now it's happening to like kids all around the world, right? The, the more mm. shoot, the more I guess unnatural the shoe, the less toe room, the less um, room the foot has to actually flatten on the ground, expand the toes, and actually be able to feel the ground. Obviously, the less the less capacity you're going to be able to use. So that's a really good point. The second point you made, which is awesome, which was regarding the myofascial release, and this kind of relates to the whole solutions, but um, one thing that a lot of people have to realize is that we have so many nerve endings in the feet that um, a lot of tension that can be stored in the feet, whether it's from stress, anxiety, or literally, um, as we spoke about before, your body's ability just to balance and coordinate sometimes tension is is held in areas that you know you don't want that excessive tension you know such as the upper arch so things like myofascial release where you're digging into the tissues and hydrating them can actually alleviate a lot of that tension that you may feel in the arch for example or the um achilles tendon so uh, that's another tip that you could that you can employ into your um daily practice is just getting something like a tennis ball or if you're capable of handing more uh, like a little bit more intensely a golf ball or a lacrosse ball and just start to work on um, hydrating the arch so literally just rolling your foot over the ball at like a 60 70 percent pressure of 100 and just kind of letting the ball do its job in terms of really mobilizing those tissues and you're going to find that a lot of people are super 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 tight i wouldn't say tight i'd just say super restricted they haven't had that common kind of movement in the feet for uh for a long time and that's when they really start to experience um what it's like to feel the feet 
in its um, at its full effect, right? Yeah, and it's crazy the way the fascial system works. Like for people, this is off topic sort of, but if they look into like Thomas Myers, just look at his pictures and from his book, you can see them on Pinterest or online. You like when you get your foot working the way it should be and spread out, like there is literally beneficial nerve and muscle responses in your shoulders or in your arms or in your neck. Like it's it, the whole thing's connected and you don't know it until you feel it. it. Yeah, exactly. You don't know it until you feel it or you don't know it until you start to pay attention and remember, I guess, times in your life when, you know, you were to do, I guess, one thing that related to your lower body and start to see how it kind of, um, impacts the rest of your body, you know? Um, mm. and a simple example of that is, is, uh, the simple example of that is the whole, um, the electrical system of the body, right. And the way the, the heart works in terms of, um, it's not just obviously a pump, it, it works, um, on an electrical signal, right. And it impacts the rest of your nervous system. Right. So if you've got, if you've got, um, if you've got, for example, a um, if you've played a sport in your early years of life, for example, baseball, and um, you've thrown a certain way, you've pivoted your body a certain way, you've turned your foot a certain way, but then you try throw it with your opposite hand. I mean, anyone can tell you, you're not going to feel as connected. You're not going to feel as um, balanced. You're not going to feel as, you know, capable of doing that right so that's just a perfect example of how the body is connected in the sense of like once you train a certain pattern of movement you know it's very hard to kind of do the opposite or you can train it obviously but it just takes time to develop so same thing applies to the same thing applies to the feet just because you've been so walking a certain way and it may hurt now there are exercises you can do to literally reverse engineer your biomechanical patterns to not experience that pain it just takes time and it the thing is, though, the gains that you get from using your feet, how they were meant to be used, impact the rest of the body. Because now, not only do you have strong feet, but you have strong anchors. You have that ability to um, move the rest of the body around these really strong points, you know, these really strong anchors of movement. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would even say, like, it's this is kind of depressing, but it's like <laughs> the, the feet, the feet are like the, one of the worst parts of the body to, to get wrong because it affects everything above it. Whereas if you just damage your arm, well, you use your arms a lot, but you know what I mean? Like the, yeah, the, yeah. the further away it is, um, the, the closer the it is to the, the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we've got, we've done 39 minutes and I think everyone's got a good understanding. So maybe just in closing, we'll just, you, you just wrap up the, the key kind of takeaways for what people can do. You know, like we mentioned like correct toes and the MFR and whatnot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, um, just to summarize, we've got more passive approaches to this. So the passive approaches would be the correct toes, as you mentioned, just kind of passively opening up the toes while you're in rest. The other semi-passive approach would be the myofascial release where you're um, starting to hydrate the tissues and starting to dig into those tissues that um, you know are generally quite sore and have, hold a lot of tension. 
And um, the other, I guess you could say, passive approach to this will just literally be using less uh, shoes just in your general daily life. And then you can start to head into more uh, aggressive approaches. So this is where you're going to start to um, walk as much as you can barefoot, especially around the house, your garden, connected to the earth, connected to the grass um, and dirt. And um, I guess alter points, uh, so alter practices of your day that you may do with shoes that you can do without shoes, you know, whether it's gardening, whether it's just um, whatever, whatever you can kind of um, adapt to your daily life. Then you start to become more aggressive when you start to really work on the foot strengthening and the and connecting that to the rest of the body. So this is where you can practice the balance work, just mm. holding balance on one foot for as long as you can, timing yourself, see how, see if you can beat your, um, see if you can beat your, I guess your record every day, right? Or every week. And then you've got more, even more aggressive approaches of um, playing your sport or an activity or going for longer walks or even runs if you can barefoot just to practice using that, um, using your muscles in your feet, in your toes that have been laid dormant inside regular shoes for so long. And you can purchase barefoot shoes. You can purchase um, a lot of different, uh, I guess, products out there. There's The market's so big for it now nowadays that you can kind of get anything for it. But um, just starting to basically um, integrate barefoot living into your into your daily life, that would be an awesome start. Awesome, awesome. There's so much we still didn't even touch on, but we'll we'll leave it here for today. And I'm sure I'll get questions, and we'll think of other things for a, for a, another episode, which we'll because we're going to do more. We're going to do more. We'll do different different injuries, different conditions, and different things that people have trouble with. Because Sebastian's a wealth of knowledge. So thanks, Sebastian, and um, I'll be in touch. Glad to be here, man. Awesome. Catch you later. Bye.